Today I'm speaking on what I call the benefit of resurrection. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 10. He said, for we are his workmanship. You know, as Ghanaians, when we hear workmanship, all that comes into our head is work. No. He says that we are his handiwork. In other words, we are the proof of the work he did on the cross of Calvary. You know, that's why some of us who are quietmatic, quietated people, God has moved us. And now people look at our life and we are a wonder because we are his workmanship. Somebody say, I am his workmanship. He says, created in Christ Jesus. So, so, so this masterpiece, other translations, he says that I was created in Christ Jesus. I was forged. They worked on me in Christ Jesus for good works. So my life must be a life that only produces good works. So some of us, they used to call us popo kings. But now in Christ Jesus, we were created unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. He says, wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. In other words, you did not belong. You were not connected by covenant. All the blessings that distinguished the Jewish tribe, you were alienated from it. All the protections that they enjoyed, you did not have access to it. All the honor, all the ability to prevail, even when the odds were stuck against them, he says, you, you were alienated from it. That's what he means by the commonwealth of Israel. So whatever it is that they got, you know, Ghana is part of the commonwealth of United kingdom there are nations that still spend pounds sterling the only currency with a surname when the queen died our honorable president went what i heard was that everybody would join a bus but the president of america will not join a bus so all the commonwealth body bus there why we went to mourn because our queen was dead I came to tell you that that is why when British says that they will, they will support something, we support. If we don't support, money no go come. Come on, wolf. All the protections, all the healings that the Jewish people enjoy, that, that daily God sent manna from heaven in the wilderness. As long as we are not of the commonwealth, when we found ourselves in wildernesses, that provision will not be make, made available unto us. He says that whatever the Jewish people enjoyed, we who were alienated from it, we did not enjoy it. He says being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promises. So 
He said there were covenants of promise. So what he's saying is that God had covenant with these Jewish people or these Israelites. By you, you are a stranger to the covenant. Having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So you were away from it. Now you've been brought near by the blood of. It says having abolished in his flesh. The enmity even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. And I think I've taught about this law of commandments. That he abolished rituals that were contained in the ordinances. There were things that he ordained that if this should happen, this should be the ritual you should do. If that should happen, he said he abolished the rituals in his body. He did not abolish the covenants of promise. He abolished the rituals in the ordinance. He said, for to making himself of twain one new man, so making peace. So you and I became one with him. And he made peace with God for us. So that when we come to God, the abortion you committed 13 years ago, which the devil keeps reminding you, he says that, bros, bros, he pay him. So when you stand before God, he doesn't see people. He sees Jesus. You said, ah, there are things in me that I don't qualify. So when I was going up days to pray some prayers, God says, when you come before me, that nonsense, you have to stop saying it. Because now I see Jesus. I see him in his glory. I see the glory of God on your life. So if somebody doesn't see it, that's their own cup of tea. It doesn't change how I see you. So when you come to God now, you now have full access. And this access was made available when Jesus was nailed on the cross of Calvary. And when he said it is finished what he meant was that whatever price that had to be paid for the reconciliation has taken place whatever price i have to pay so that you will now have full access to god full access to his covenant full access to every blessing that the jewish people are enjoying you now have full access psalm 103 that's one he says, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, why is David saying, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not? It means that you can easily forget the benefits that you have by virtue of your relationship with God. And Every year when we celebrate Easter is to remind us that now in Christ Jesus, I have benefits with God. And I preach it. Next verse. Says, forget not all his benefits. And the first thing he says, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. So he says, don't forget that God forgives all your sins, including the one that is hidden. Because some people, they dress very well. Oh. They look all nice. But Boni Omudino, many, many years ago in my house, we were staying in Nabosokan. It was a funeral or something. And then in one person's room, they were sharing beer. 
So my mother was there. And they were drinking. So they said, oh, no, I'm not And I'm sure, me, no, me, no. So, you know, when they said, my mother looked at my face. And me, I'm smarter than my mother. I said, me, no, 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 call there. Mm. Bros, can I honestly tell you something? What my mother did not know that there were nights where when they are asleep, I was quickly going to sleep upstairs. You know, it was a story building, but they, they, was, they, they, they had flown the top so you could go and sleep there. So I'll go and hang my dress on the iron, on the, on the drying line, as if Messiah Tadiano. And when everybody sleeps, you know, they close the main gate. But then the staircase area, you can get. Then I will get down. Then I used to put my hand under the door. I can open and bring it up and close. Because my fingers were tiny, I could easily lift it. So I closed as if everything is okay. Then I'll go through. We used to buffer some part, be the back there. I can climb it and scale the wall and go and party. And come around 2.33 a.m. And then they may confess, it remain him. Mm, <laughs> and come back into the house and go back and see Marco Ruby. But they will never know. That is a hidden sin. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That is what a hidden sin. The Bible says, God forgives even the ones that you are hiding from Pastor Daniel that he doesn't see. Mm. God says, don't forget that no matter the sin that you are ashamed to confess to anybody, I forgive you. She, it is only accessible by us by virtue of the price Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. He says, who redeems your life from destruction. Okay, who heals all. Are you seeing that he puts all everywhere? The reason is because his blood that he shed, it can cover any sin that has a name, has no name yet, will never have a name. And sickness that has names, he says, whatever the sickness, including rare diseases, he says that he healed all. How many? All. all. Somebody say all. All diseases. He heals it. He says, he redeems your life from destruction. All this is made available by the finished works of Christ on the cross of Calvary. So the resurrection, Jesus' death and resurrection, now is a proof to us that God has the power to raise us back to life. What is the worst destruction than when a man dies? But if God could raise him from the dead, it is to tell you, even if organs in your body are dysfunctional and it is that which must lead you to death, God has power to quicken your body. Amen. Even if they put a stone and they put a seal and said it is not possible for you to come out. What it means is when it's a governmental system that is set against you, he says that he has the power to release an angel to roll away the stone and you will come out. And therefore, this morning I speak over your life. Whatever the limiting force, whatever the impediment, whatever the challenge that you are faced with, remember, he redeems your life from all forms of destruction. Shout amen. amen. He says, not only does he do that, but he crowns thee. That's a personal pronoun. He means it's individual matter. He crowns thee. 
with loving kindness and tender mercies. Not only loving kindness, but there's tender mercy too. Now, let me explain what this word means. Sometimes you can find somebody that you love. It's easy to help the person, true or false. But loving kindness is when you don't have access in any which way, shape, or form to a person. You don't have a relationship with the person. He's not done anything for you, but you see the person and compassion moves you to go out of your way and to help the person. So you pick the person, you wrap the person in your beautiful cloth that you paid so much money for because the person is feeling feverish. And you take the person to the hospital and you say, whatever the cost, I will pay for it. That is loving kindness. You love the person and you've gone out of your way to show the person kindness. God is saying, I know you're a bad person. I know you're a wicked person. You're a vindictive and forgiving person. As for you, you have killed plenty of people in your head. It's just that you're afraid they will jail you. That's why you're not saying it. He said, no matter the issue, he says that I crown your life. In other words, I would do something for you that when people see you, they will know that this can only be God. And I came to speak to somebody today that God is saying in your education, what I will place upon you, it shall be only God. You can do that. What does it mean? He crowns your life with not only loving kindness, but he shows you mercy. So there must be a judgment on your family because your father was a drunkard, your mother was a prostitute, and God looks at that situation. Like what he did with Solomon. David had many wives, legitimate wives. It is the one who was somebody's wife that David saw the woman buffing and had appetite for, who God will pick to be the king whose name would mention to the day Heaven and earth pass away. His name is Solomon. So God, I want to ask you a question. Why didn't you pick any of the legitimate wives? That somebody's wife, that the woman committed adultery with a king who has many, many wives. And you, God, you came to say to David that, David, if you wanted more wives, you should have asked me. I'm going to ask God. I'm going to ask God. Because God came to David and said, David, I gave you everything that you want. If you wanted more wives, I would have had art. But God would go and pick this one particular person. Now you, if because of you, the man has killed your husband. Go to your father's house. The moment the king asked for her, this is a, this, do you know, when they were writing about the genealogy of Jesus, when he got to her name, the writer said, she who was the wife of Uriah. So even men rejected this woman. It is this woman that God will come into a covenant with his mother, that your son will sit on the seat. That is mercy at work. I came to tell somebody that the resurrection of Christ makes you get this kind of opportunity that god looks at your family he looks at the historicity of your father's house he looks at your background he knows you don't qualify but he knows that the circumstances brought you to that place and so he allowed christ to die so that 
by his death, burial, and resurrection. You are seated with him in Christ. So God does not see whether you committed it, your uncle did, your father did, your great-grandmother did. Whoever committed, God does not look at it. But God says, you are seated with Christ. I have made you sit on a seat. You did not qualify, but I came for those who don't qualify. That if they would just submit to me and receive Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior, the same grace that I showed Solomon, the Bible says all scriptures were written for our example. Look at it. He says, Who redeems thy life from destruction? In other words, Onyamejiwufi. Let me explain it. God redeems your life. The road that you are on, the road your family is on, the, the trajectory of your family, it can only lead to destruction. It's a downward spiral into destruction. But God is saying this simple statement. I redeem your life from destruction not only that and then i'll i crown your life with loving kindness and tender mercy that's why if you don't serve him he says you go to hell because your stupidity is too much that of all that i've done for you you still did not take advantage of this benefit that is made available by the resurrection of Christ. He says, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. T, do you know that kenke and pepe is a dish? But kenke with pepe, coupled with some shrimps, plus some fried octopus, then they have added, they have added pork to it. Hallelujah. Then, they, oh my God. See, do you, know, do you know that when they put that food before you, maybe your wife loves you, so they add some fried fish to it. And then maybe some sausage to it. And then if you are married to my brother's wife, they will add fried egg to it. Mm. But the time you finish eating that food and, and you drink your juice, maybe some chilled Coke, the semi solid one. My God. By the time you finish, that is God satisfying your mouth with good things. Resurrection brings you into that level of blessing. So Paul, writing to the Philippian church said, and I quote Philippians chapter 3 verse number 10. And there he says, that I may know him and the power, other translation says, or benefit of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering is a being made conformable unto his death. Paul says, I, that I'm, I want to know him. And the benefit that comes with it, the ability to act in accordance to the finished works. I was made conformable. I was fit to the frame of Christ. So when they crucified him, it was me that they crucified. And I, all I want to know is the benefit that comes with it. See, he's paid the price for me. So I just want to know what comes with it. He said the fellowship with his, of his suffering. It's not like I want to die some. <laughs> but that I have fellowship with him. We die together. It says that I sat down and he went to die. 
but God identifies with me. That is why now when I come to Christ, I don't come as a beggar. When I come to Christ, I don't come as a disadvantaged person. When I come to Christ, I don't come as a person that is marginalized. I don't come as if I'm subservient. That some God hears their prayers, others they don't hear. God has said that, that there are some that, that as for them, they are God's children, others are servants. In Christ Jesus, we have equal access to God. That's why the psalmist says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 103, verse 2. Why? Give me Psalm 68, verse 19. He says, bless the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. So the resurrection brings us daily benefits. He said, even the God of our salvation. Please, I, I write down the scriptures. Psalm 68, verse number 19. And so in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. You know, a lot of people read this scripture and they use it for to talk about the end of days. But let's look at the scripture. It says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. So there shall never be a day in your life where God will reject you on account of the finished works of Christ. He said, let nobody deceive you that you don't qualify. He said, that day will never come. That God, you will cry unto him and he will not hear your prayer. It will never come. He said, that day, let nobody convince you that if you don't go through them, you can never go to God. He says, that day will never, there will never be a day in your life where you come to God and ask for the benefits of his resurrection, and he will say that you don't qualify. That is not possible. He say that day, let nobody deceive you. Turn to anybody and say, let nobody deceive you. We only focus on the end of the day. No, 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 no. That you go somewhere and somebody say that you, you will get a promotion over my dead body. I consult Kwekufri. God said that day will never come. That day because you're a child of God, that they can say it, and then what they say will come to pass over his dead body. You know, somebody says that, hey, be careful, or they will attack you. I said, listen, you don't understand the scriptures. The Bible says, I am seated in Christ Jesus, in heavenly places, far above principality. Do you not understand what it means? There are angels. Everybody look at me. I need demonstration. Lady Irene, please come. I need about five people to come. Lady Irene, stand here. Next person, uh -huh, you, you are a father, so you come. Come. Be here. No, ten. Good. Next person, come. Be here. Come up, come up, come up. Yeah, be here. Okay, please stand here. Stand here. Mm -hmm. I need a last person. Okay, come back. Okay, my brother, come. Come up. Stand here. Stand here. Good. Stand there. Okay. Can everybody see all these five people? Now, this is how the presence of God operates. Number one, in God's presence, there are angels. Number two, there are cherubims and seraphims. Mm? Yes. Then there are the, the 24 elders. Then there is Jesus. Jesus, stand here. No, stand between 24 angels. Yes. Then there's God Almighty. Hello? Hi. Now, look at the progression. Now, the Bible says me, 
Because of Jesus, I am seated in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is seated in the Father. So move. Move. Father be here. So look at where you, the believer, you are hidden. Hello, can somebody see me? Now, for the devil to be able to attack you, number one, he must be able to conquer all the angels. Number two, he must be able to conquer the captains of the angels, the cherubims and the seraphims. He must be able to conquer them. When he finishes conquering them, he must be able to conquer the 24 elders that are in God's presence. So, they represent God's presence. Amen? God's presence. They say presence, the aura of God. They must be able to conquer that one. When they conquer, they must conquer God Almighty. When they finish conquering God Almighty, they must conquer Jesus before they find me. The, the Bible says, they will never, please go and sit down. There will never come a day in your life that somebody can convince you that they have so much strength that they can conquer all these levels to get to you. So when we say you are seated in Christ Jesus, there is a supernatural defense on your life and nothing can stop your destiny. And God said it can never happen. It can never happen. That's why you don't have to be afraid. Uh, there's talisman on their waist. Nonsense. Do you know who I am? I am seated in Christ Jesus. I walk as a king's kid. That's why the Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp around the righteous. Why? Because wherever you go, Jesus is going. And when Jesus is going, God is going with you. And where a president goes, secret service or protection is available. So the angels are there. So wherever you go, Jesus is there. God is there. When God is there, his presence is there. When his presence is there, angels are there. Seraphims and cherubims are there. I walk as a king's kid because there's a protection of God around me. That's why I'm too known. That's why I can't be without money for more than three days. That I'm with God. And I've no idea. My father knows I don't have money. He won't give me money. It's an anomaly. Huh. Church, we have to learn this truth. Young boy, young girl, I don't care which family you come from. When you discover this truth that I'm teaching today, how God will take care of you, it will surprise you. You see that people will start loving you and giving you money. Even in school, you have money. The problem of the church is we don't know who we are. And we don't know what we carry. Hello? I said what? We don't know what we carry. I'm not afraid of anybody. That's why I don't beg. In this church, we don't beg. You know why? More than three days will never happen. Where God will not provide. He said he daily loads us with his benefit. Papa, do you know the meaning of it? Brother, forgive me, okay? My younger brother has a storeroom that he, he puts provision there. He doesn't have to get finished. He keeps daily loading. I ask him that, I don't know, food must not be a problem in my house. So he, keeps, he buys things that he doesn't even eat. I'm telling you, I'll show you his house. Just go there. Everything's available. Why? 
Daily, he's loading the place. That's the meaning. Matthias said, he's loading the place because he doesn't know when. I asked him one day, he said, he doesn't know when he will have a different appetite. So he buys the thing so that in case one day he wakes up and he wants an appetite, he has it available. God daily loads you because he doesn't know what you will eat today. You know, I came to church wearing this three-piece And somebody asked me, is this what you are wearing this evening that you are wearing it this morning? I told the person, who said this is what I'm wearing this evening? I've been daily loaded with, 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 with boo-boos. As I'm removing this one, I'm wearing another one. That is why I love the song that they sang in Nigeria. As he they paint them, he go there sweet as. As he they sweet as, he go there. So when they are conspiring that something must go wrong. Ah! And they are saying this world, everybody is struggling. And p- things are not working. They will start sing- we will start singing, as he they pain them, he go they sweet. Why? The Bible says when men are cast down, by virtue of redemption, you shall say there is a lifting up. He saying that when men are saying that, oh, we are all falling. He said, you say like Micah said, rejoice not over me, oh my enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light. God of God, those days of struggling is over. Hello, I say it's what? Over. John chapter 3 verse 3. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, there's what must be a reality. But until you give your life to Jesus, it doesn't work. See, you might have lived all kinds of lifestyles. You might have questions. But he says that you can only experience the kingdom when you give your life to Jesus. Somebody says, hey God, you killed my father, so I don't want to serve you. He said that your father is not you. If you don't receive me, whatever is in the kingdom, they say, God, if you, I, I pray to you, you didn't hear me. He said, bros, your father did not pray to me, so I did not have an access to him. I could not defend him. It was your prayer, not his. And it was about his life, not yours. You see, most of the time, we have this kind of problem. I pray to God about my uncle, my mother, and God did not hear. It was not your mother who prayed. It was you who prayed. If it had to do with you, the Bible says, I will give kings for your sake. You have a relationship with the other person I don't. And so I can choose out of my sovereignty to do. But I can also choose not to do. Because I don't have a relationship with the person. So he says in John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So he says in John chapter 13 verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. He's paid a price. So talk to somebody about me. That I've paid a price for you. Why? Why is he saying that? Because resurrection is what justifies us. Romans 3 28. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. 
Now look at me, everybody. He's saying that you are only justified when you have faith in God. What does it mean? When you believe that Jesus came to die for your sake. Now let's go to my next scripture. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. He says, and therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. So God has no problem with you. You are justified. Because you have believed in everything that you have done now and what he will do for you. He's justified why he has to do. Because now you are in Christ Jesus. So Jesus knew no sin. So when God sees you, he sees that you know no sin. Hello? The Bible says Jesus was tempted on all points, but he did not sin. Can you imagine Jesus sitting down and the lady pouring oil under his feet? Look at how smooth the oil is. Now, the lady is crying, so there's oil mixed with water. The friction is not easy, and it's under Jesus' feet. Now, the lady starts kissing Jesus' feet. Ah, do you know that all nerve endings comes under your feet? And social way, dear. Yes, the lady is crying oh, and using her hair to wipe it. Now, her nankasana, the feeling of the zozi. And yet, the Bible says she was not tempted. What it means is, when I've gone through temptation and I've fallen into the temptation, when God sees me, and now I've received Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior, when God sees me, he sees the first part of the temptation. He doesn't see the end of the temptation. He sees that Jesus overcame the temptation, so you have overcome. Amen. So, Jesus now can feel what you felt. So, tell the father, that, no, no, Papa, feeling but I paid the price. That day will be free. So now he says that in case you are justifying yourself that you can overcome temptation. And when I see the girls, I remember at 27, I was saying in West Legon, 26, we are saying in West Legon, my younger brother. And one day a lady called me. We were talking, and he's talking about his boyfriend. I said, Jamawama Neyusu. Sofo, sofo, sofo. Atmosphere, no? Atmosphere, no? He's justifying why he made the boy use. Because I'm giving a prophecy that the day he makes the boy use, that marriage will not work, even if they end up married. They married, the marriage is divorce. Now. So that I said, Wama boy Neyusu. So sofo, own tiasye. Own tiasye. So there, own your head, and own tiasye. Atmosphere, no? Sofo, not atmosphere, no? I will never forget that statement. And I do 1 a.m. Oh, my man, no. What friend is saying, Mom Pyaman, so for what? Oh, Mom Pyaman, you are. He said, I'm born in Mamma. I'm born in Eusu. So for, oh, they won't just say, not atmosphere, no. Someone say, atmosphere. So Jesus goes to the Father as your advocate. He goes to lobby for you and to tell the Father that Papa, the atmosphere, the, the feeling now, yeah. Ha, somebody said, love is the feeling that you feel. When you feel the feeling you have never felt before. When it goes through your chromosome. Ay, ay. He said, but Papa, look at it. I paid the price. So that now this person has power over sin and death. 
So what could eat people up and break them? He says, now in Christ Jesus, you have now received the spirit of an overcomer. So you cannot keep telling me that you are struggling with masturbation. The Holy Spirit has been released to overcome. You cannot tell me that when you see the ladies and they are shaking their body, your body feels you jiggling, tombolic, or jiggling, jiggling, jiggling. He said, no! In Christ Jesus now, you have been justified by faith. Say, man of God. God. How do I get justified by faith? Every time when the temptation is coming, a voice will tell you, don't do it. And when you walk away from it, God says, that's my daughter. I am proud of you. And when you fall into it, he convicts you. To tell you that you are no more an ordinary human being. You are now my child. My strength is in you. My wisdom is in The ability to have self-control over masturbation and of sickness and drinking and alcoholic beverage. I have already placed within you the ability to overcome. And so don't justify yourself by your weakness. You are justified by faith. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. My men come in him. So you say, man of God, are you sure? Romans chapter 1 verse 17. says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith as it is written. But the righteous man shall live by faith. Mama, we live by faith. You see, resurrection also brings you peace. Resurrection brings you what? Peace. Isaiah 53 verse 4 to 5. He says, surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. So the price we're supposed to pay, the, the abuse that we were supposed to receive before we get our peace. Sometimes youngsters, we go and do something, when we come, our mother will insult us, ah, sometimes they will even give you two slaps. The Bible is saying that the punishment that should have brought you freedom and peace of mind, Jesus took those lashes for you so that you under no circumstance must say, I have lost my peace of mind, that this is a situation and I don't know what to do. He says that the punishment that brought us peace, he took it upon. That is why I, I refuse to lose my peace of mind. Divorce must not remove your peace. The death of your father must not steal away your peace. That you did not go to university must not steal your peace. That, that you are not successful academically or intellectually should not steal your peace. Because there's more to your life than your education. Somebody say, I have peace with God. But resurrection also affords you healing. Someone say healing. In James chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible says, every good and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. So every good gift comes from God. And which gift is he talking about? He says this. Romans 8 verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, do also in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. It dwells where? So healing is your portion. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Mark chapter 5, verse 34, it says, Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. It comes by virtue of the finished works of Christ. But also comes by virtue. Divine direction comes to you. What comes to you? Divine direction comes to you. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Why? Now, whatever promise he gave to the Jewish people, we now have access to it. So, in all our ways, God directs our path. Praise the Lord, somebody. In Psalm 32, verse 8, he says, I will instruct you. Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now that you are in Christ Jesus, he says, I will instruct you. So where you lack direction as to God, what do I do? He says, I will instruct you. He says, I will guide you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how does God guide us? John chapter 16, verse 15. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. So Jesus' reconciliation or his resurrection brought us into full access to God. That now the spirit of God is what guides us and directs us. You are here, you are not giving your life to Christ. You are here, you are struggling in your walk with God. There is no more need for struggle. The resurrection gives you full access. You are here, you are complaining that Ghana is difficult. In Israel... It's a desert place, yet it's a prosperous place. They export vegetables and flowers to nations of the world in the midst of the rocks. Why? Because they always ask God, what should I do? What it means is the nation that you live in is not important. Now that you're a believer, you have full access to all the privileges that comes by being a Christian. Wherever you are, I'd like you to close your eyes. I'd like you to pray. I'd like you to pray that the Lord will lead you. The Lord will guide you. The Lord will order your steps. The Lord will direct your path. Wherever you are, I'd like you to close your eyes and pray. God, lead me. God, guide me. I have come to your presence. Let me not forget the benefit that comes with being with you. Open up your mouth and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. The psalmist says in Psalm 25 verse 45. Psalm 25 verse 45 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Oh, you, on you I wait all the day. Child of God, being a Christian comes with God teaching you what to do. The resurrection brings you into prosperity. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. I'd like you to pray. Say, Lord, I come into prosperity. Lord, I come into divine health. I come into the level of, of divine direction. I come into a level where you crown my life. My life will not be a waste. My life will be crowned with honor, with dignity, with power.